We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. And we are here to talk all things Indiana Pacers as we get excited for this upcoming offseason. We're doing top 10 trade targets for this offseason. That does not necessarily mean that it's going to be realistic. It could be unrealistic. But these are guys that we want to see in the blue and gold that could maybe be available. Fachi, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this activity today. You know, I love a good mystery box. Anything could happen. I always tend to try and stay on the realistic side because I've had my heart broken before with our off seasons where maybe we walk away with Corey Craig instead of someone a little bit bigger or Doug McDermott. But this is what you got to believe. And in an off season like this, this could be our biggest off season yet. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's funny because you, you say that, but I remember our last one we did at the, Trade deadline. I you know were Jade McDaniels. I know. <laughs> and you know what? Stay tuned, Alex, because I'm not done with them yet. Oh my God. Okay. Well, that's very unrealistic. But uh I, I can't really say that knowing knowing some of the guys I have on my list. But I will say you just said that yours are very realistic, or you try to keep it that way. I'm giving people the forewarning. Mine might not all be realistic, but I'm going big name hunting this year, Fachi. That's what I'm calling. This title of my episode, uh, for me anyway, big name hunting. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. But um, I just want to say real quick before we start out, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm rocking this Indiana Pacers jersey. I tweeted about it. want to give a shout out to our guy Rooster, a.k.a. Evan, for hooking us up with custom jerseys. Now, Fachi, yours still hasn't come in the mail yet. Might be, you know, because you move every six months somewhere new. That uh, I do. Might have uh, something to I do with it. Cannot wait for mine. I'm feeling left out right now. But Rooster, shout out to you. Really, really appreciate it. Can't wait to rock one. Mine. And Alex looks <laughs> awesome if you're watching this on YouTube right now. Yeah. If you're not, that's exactly why you got to go over to YouTube so you know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'll try to turn around here a little bit so you can see it in the back when my mic's kind of in the way. So yeah. it's got my last name on it and everything. So they're pretty sweet. And uh, I never really have bought a jersey in a long time, Fotch. You know, I, I just I, I just don't want to spend the money on it. So, <laughs> uh, and when usually when I go to games, I don't wear jerseys. It's just not my thing. I just wear a button down shirt or a t shirt or something and, and go like that. But I I don't know if I should rock this one or not, or if I should uh, get it framed and put it on the wall back here so there's at least something kind of cool in my background. But we'll, we'll figure that out later. But Fachi, we're here to talk trade targets, so I'll let you start things off with your number ten, and we'll we'll work our way down to number one. All right, number 10. Now, I'm going to be honest. This is not the sexiest name out there because it was hard to find 10 guys that I felt that the Pacers could realistically land in a trade. So starting at number 10, it's Kelly Olenek. Now, 
this is a guy that's given good minutes pretty much everywhere he's gone, uh, especially in, in that you know 20-game sample size with Houston where it looked like he was going to develop into a different player. But anyway, for this past season for the Jazz, just a good overall player. Gave him 12.5 points, about five rebounds, shot 50% from the field, about 40% from three, 85% from the free throw line. He's entering the final year of his contract at $12.2 million. I believe the Jazz, a team that really wanted to rebuild, would very much give him up for you know not too much. And I feel like he's someone who's always been at least reliable or consistent. And especially if you're talking about from a shooting three standpoint, that's something that Jalen Smith really struggled with this year. And Isaiah Jackson, well, obviously has not developed that part of his game yet. Interesting. Kelly Olenek was not a name I was expecting to hear okay. because we already have so many bigs. So we do. That, to me, was a bit of a surprise. So if you're uh, watching on YouTube and you saw my face, that is why I responded the way that I did is because it was kind of surprising to hear that name. So not surprised by the level of talent, just because I know Fachi maybe have attacked this a little bit differently than I did. But I've got two players here for my number 10, and it's a little bit of a cheat code, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing it this way because they're both very and they're both in similar situations and in terms of where their contract is and how much it is. And so that is. Number one, this is a name that was brought up a few weeks ago when you couldn't make it, and Chris Weech joined me on the show, uh, one of our Fan of the Weeks, and he said Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is a name that is an expiring contract with like $30 million, $30-plus million. $37 million. Yes, It was on my honorable mention. Yeah, so I know it's a lot, but this is like at the bottom of the barrel. Like, okay, you go for all these other names and not available. What happens with the Philadelphia 76ers, does James Harden leave? What do they do with this roster? Do they try to flip Tobias Harris and get some pieces out of it? I don't know. He's a name that I put on my list now. He's making, uh, not like you said, $37 million next year, but 14.7 points, 5.7 rebounds, and 2.5 assists this year. That's pretty good. Now, the other name is going to make every single Pacer fan cringe, Fachi, because he, too, has a very expensive expiring contract. Yeah, like I know. And he is someone that was formerly or, or – recently and and rumors to come to the Pacers and that's Gordon Hayward. I knew it. And this is why I had him at number 10 because I said, I'm going big name hunting. And I actually think, I actually think you could probably get Gordon Hayward and then not cost you a ton of money because he's viewed as a negative asset by a lot of people. So uh, very similar numbers to Tobias, 14.7 points, 4.3 rebounds and 4.1 assists. He played in 50 games this year, which is I think a pretty good number for him considering where the team was at. They play 82. He played 50 of the 82 I think with going after a guy like this, this can kind of be like your David West signing that you saw happen. You need a veteran that can do a bunch of different things and really kind of be that star. I think he can. I, st- I think he's still good enough to start Fachi. Yeah, I still think he he's he's got that level of talent. The contract's too much, obviously, but you go into it knowing, okay, we're paying him for this this year, but we're going to bring him back on a cheaper contract after this season. And that's kind of where I'm looking at it from this standpoint, because I think Gordon Hayward really is a nice secondary playmaker in that starting lineup. I think he can play the three or the four, depending on what they do in the draft, what they do with the rest of their uh, free agency and trades. I believe in him as a player, but I don't necessarily think you have to give up the bag for him. So, you know, I think they're supposed to be projected around $25 million in cap space. So could you give up a combination of Daniel Tice and something to get him here, would that make sense? Do you do that? I mean, it's just I, I'm not going to go into trades right now because we're not at that point. But I'm not saying you're giving up key players to get him. I, I think you maybe throw in one of your picks that you have, the Cavs or Celtics pick, because uh, you can't take on all these young players with the intentions of re-signing him in the off season to a a much more team friendly deal, probably in the ten to fifteen million dollar range. Because I would not be paying him more than that. That last point is exactly why I took him off my list because I looked at it and I went, man, how would the Pacers make this work? You know, do they do like, uh, you know, is it like a Buddy Heald and Tice? Is it like Tice and someone else? And, and yeah, whatever, whatever it is, you get crafted with it. And then I just thought, you know what, this guy's only got one year remaining on his deal. And I really do think that he's wanted to come to the Pacers numerous times. So that's why I elected to pull him off the list. But Tobias Harris, he was the true honorable mention on here. It was just me thinking, how do I get to 37 million? You know, once again, is that is that buddy, maybe TJ McConnell, a little bit more. Harris, if you look at his his stats, they'll never justify what he's making because he's truly about the fourth option there behind Embiid, mm-hmm. Harden, Tyrese Maxey. You know, so it's like I get that. 
But those are two names I very much debated. Um, you can't really go wrong with them, but I'm going to wait and see if the Pacers look to pursue Hayward in free agency. Yeah, they, uh, they, they definitely could do that and go that route instead. It's just a little bit easier, I think, to kind of see what mm-hmm. you have. And if it doesn't work out, I still think that him being an expiring contract with that much money, same for Tobias, you could probably trade them by the trade deadline as well. And who knows? You, you never know. You might get their stock up a little bit higher because of the, the question marks that are still there with what Charlotte's doing. Yeah, no, very much. And you guys got to remember, uh, Gordon was ready to take a hometown discount years ago before before Charlotte came in with that $120 million offer. Yeah. So, I mean, the Pacers, you know, you can only take oh so much of a discount when, you know, MJ's throwing the bag at you. <laughs> but uh, I, I still think that marriage is not over yet, or that, that flirtation is not over yet between those two teams. Uh, right. Next, number nine on my list, not an, uh, another, you know, this name's not going to blow you out, but Kyle Anderson. I like what he does. I respect what he does. And to be honest, I think I gain more respect from for standing up to Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I really him, do. him and Miles Turner would have a lot in common. Yes, they would. Like, he plays the game well. He defends well. I love his length. He could score. He could rebound. He's become a better distributor. He's 29 years old, so I feel like at that point, he would be our veteran at a position of need. And he brings toughness, a little bit of chippiness. So I do think that Kyle Anderson is someone that could be had given you know, the books for Minnesota right now. No, I actually don't dislike Kyle Anderson at all. I think he was a player we talked about last offseason going after to get in free agency. So I like him. You know, he's a, he's a pretty solid player that does a lot of little things well. He's yep. just a very smart player. And I actually like the fact that he holds players accountable. I like so, it. you know, you might need someone like that, especially if you do move on from some of your veterans that you have on this team. You can add another veteran that might actually give you some quality playing time. So don't hate the Kyle Anderson pick. I know we got to get you out of here in about 30-ish minutes, so we got to make this a little bit faster, Five. So I'll move on to my number nine, and that is from Chicago, Patrick Williams. This is a name we've talked about quite a bit before on this show, and I, I think that he's probably dipped a little bit in terms of people being highly in, intrigued by him. I still think there's intrigue, but obviously – He's not put up the big numbers yet. He hasn't had that breakout year. And, and what Chicago wants to do is they want to try to win now based off what their exit uh, interviews have said. So, you know, that to me is like, okay, we'll see what happens with Chicago in the offseason because Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, they've got some tough decisions there to see how they want to continue building this roster. But if the Pacers could somehow get their hands on Patrick Williams, I think they have to do it and they have to take a swing on this guy because, you know, 2020 draft, right? It feels right to just continue to add more players from I that draft all. class. Played 82 games this year, Fachi. You can't beat that. 10.2 points per game, 4.0 uh, rebounds, and 1.2 assists. So made the all-rookie team his first year. I, I think that there is still some untapped potential there. And what we've seen so far from players that have been brought over to the Pacers that haven't been had like a big opportunity, I guess he's had a big opportunity in Chicago. It's just been different. I just feel like Carlisle might be able to maximize his uh, his role a little bit with this team. Dare I say to be continued because I like me some Patrick Williams. So, you know, we'll stay tuned on that. We'll be getting to him (laughs) shortly. But (laughs) as, as we look at a scene where, uh, you know, they need to blow it up or make some changes, I'm sticking with Chicago and I'm actually going with a different player. It's Alex Caruso. Yeah, that's what I was going to guess. And and here's the thing. You're probably saying, Fashi, we already have so many guards. What do we do? I get it. Look, you even have McConnell and Nemhard as backup guards. Alex Cruz was going to make an all-defensive team. He's probably going to be on the second team. He only plays around 23 minutes. But this guy brings it night in, night out. He's been doing it for years. And when you look at Chicago, I mean, Lonzo Ball, unfortunately, he's rotting on, on the books over there. They have they need help at point guard play. They need to make a decisions. Vucevic, free agent. It's like, I, I think that Caruso could be expendable. And I was digging up some stats. His defensive box plus minus was 3.4, which was second best in the NBA. The Bulls actually give up about seven more points per 100 possessions when Caruso's off the court. Uh, this is someone who's given you 1.5 steals. There's 1.7 the year before that. I mean, he he's going to hustle night in, night out. And I think that that's someone when you know the Pacers need help defensively. Having Andrew Nemhard and Alex Caruso perhaps coming off the bench would just be like a really good defensive guard combination. So I'm intrigued with Caruso. I was a little bit distracted there, Fachi, because while you were talking, 
Breaking news, the Indiana Pacers have won the tiebreaker over the Washington Wizards. Oh, my God! So they <laughs> they will be the seventh pick in the draft if things do not if teams do not jump them from behind. So they have the same amount of odds as Washington still, but that worked for them. And I believe, if I'm reading correctly, the Spurs beat the Rockets in terms of no their way. coin flip. So the Pacers will have their uh, the 32nd pick as well. So... Winning both tiebreakers here is huge for the Pacers. I'm I'm trying to confirm this, but we'll get back to that in a second. I do like the idea of Alex Caruso Fachi. I do think that's interesting. Um, it, it, I, I'm confused here. Might, they might not have got the second round pick, so let's not uh, say that for sure. But they definitely did beat the Wizards. Um, they did. So the other one, I'm getting confirmation now. The Rockets won the uh, the coin flip, so the Pacers will not have the 32nd pick in the draft. Okay. But all right, but they still took out your wizards in the coin flip, and you know what? We're calling them your wizards today. Yeah, whatever you want to do, you know what? I, I, I do whatever I'm, I want to do anyway. Yeah, you know? just go for it. Whatever. Here's what I'm going to say, Alex. Within about the last thirty seconds, I just went through a series of emotions. I got goosebumps. <laughs> I felt that my eyes started to tear up. Then you took the thirty-second overall pick from me. I don't even know what to feel right now, other than. Lucky number seven. I said it all along. What Jermaine O'Neal has given this franchise, oh my we God. were about to get back. Lots of I, injuries. Uh, yes, lots of injuries. But you know what? Having the seventh overall pick, we t- talked about the movement on the seventh overall pick the last few years. That pick jumps into the top four year after year, and we were due some good fortune. It hurts to lose the 32nd overall pick, but you know what? I feel good about having the seventh best odds. Yeah, I mean, we still get that second-round pick. It just falls to, to later. So yeah. with that being said, I'm going to move over to my number eight quickly here, Fachi. I'm sorry for the interruption, everybody, but I think it was that. worth it. So yes, um, I'm going with DeAndre Hunter from Atlanta. This is a guy that just re-signed with the Hawks. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2027. But we know there's a lot of stuff going on there right now in Atlanta, and they're talking about maybe trading Trey Young. So how else does this roster shake out? There's probably another name on this roster that I think a lot of people have uh, their eye on potentially for the Pacers to go after. And we'll, we'll see if they're maybe on your list or not moving forward, Fachi. But I think that DeAndre Hunter is a little bit under the radar still at this point. I think he's another guy similar to Patrick Williams you go out and trade for. Maybe he's a little bit better than you think. But I love the contract extension he got because it's it's not it's not like totally uh, too much, but it's – it's a fair price for him. And we talked about him for a while. Number uh, uh, fourth overall pick in the 2019 draft. So I like him a lot and I'm excited to see what his career looks like. But I think giving a different role, he could probably thrive a little bit better because Atlanta, it just seems like a very weird fit. Oh, I'm trying to bite my tongue so hard because I love me some DeAndre Hunter and I got him coming up. Alex, okay. this, this, so for everybody listening the specifics on the contract it's four years 90 million which is going to be a steal years from now you're talking about yeah. a player that is locked up for that contract extension is about to start it's going to be between 20 to 24 million dollars per year which will be you know the going rate for a player of his caliber so i yeah. think it's an awesome deal for anyone that's going to be able to trade for him if they can and you should not hesitate because deandre hunter i do think his best basketball is in front of him okay Fachi, then let's move on number seven what you got Maybe this is a little bit of a man crush. I have always loved this player, and it's Bobby Portis. Now, okay, Bobby Portis. I've always been a big Bobby Portis fan ever since he's coming out of Arkansas. In that draft class, he declared himself the best player in that draft. It was a bold move, but I love that self confidence. This guy's probably going to finish third or fourth in sixth man of the year voting. Uh, He averaged basically nearly a double double off the bench on a winning championship caliber team. He's already won a ring in which he contributed very solidly for. He shoots the three ball well. He defends well. Uh, I think he'd be awesome playing alongside Miles Turner. And he torched the Pacers for 21 points, 11 boards, four assists earlier this season. Bobby Portis, a guy that I don't know if he would really be available, but if Milwaukee really wants to make a decision to upgrade, I think he's someone that could be expendable. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Portis is a really fun player to cheer for. And I will say this. Being at that game in Milwaukee and just hearing the fans chanting Bobby, Bobby, they love him, dude. It was insane. Like <laughs> between him and Giannis, I don't know which one they like more. I'm kidding, obviously, yeah, but yeah. but the fans love Bobby Portis, and I think Bobby Portis is a name that fans here were interested in when he was in the draft. 
I know that I had a little bit of intrigue with Bobby Portis. I think mm-hmm. that's the year we took Miles, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So it's, it all runs together. Can you believe that was eight years ago? That's really hey, wild to think about. But Time's flying. I know. So Bobby Portis, I wouldn't be opposed to that, Fachi. I think he does a lot of nice things well. But is he more of a bench guy? That's a big question. Do we think he's a starter on this team? Maybe does he He brings toughness? That's for dang sure. So I, I like Bobby Portis. He's not on my list. Another guy that probably will be on your list later. I'm just going to guess. From New York, he's torched the Pacers the last two times they played him. It's OB Toppin coming in at number seven for me, Flatchy. Restricted free agent 2024. I love what I've seen from OB Toppin, and I thought he looked really good in that first playoff game, that three that he hit in the corner. I said, Man, they got a free Obi Toppin. Why are they not freeing Obi Toppin? Because Julius Randle is still playing great basketball. And I just think the Pacers have to pounce on this and, and see if there's a way they can kind of steal Obi Toppin from New York. Because New York, they're going to be going big name hunting, bigger than I'm going right now. And he could be a throw-in piece, but I think Obi Toppin could be some of the Pacers' value and, and look at. Because, my goodness, did he show the Pacers what he can do playing against them? Alex, I think I'm in love uh, and let's just say I got this guy towards the top of my list. Oh, yeah. OB top end. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. So okay. I am, oh, I, I did it. I did it. And I'm <laughs> very intrigued by OB top. And I've been intrigued. And, yes, he did torch the Pacers this year. 32 points, 34 points towards the end of the year. I mean, he was doing it all. He had at least six assists in both games. I mean, he was just making it happen. Three OB. But for yeah. the next on my list. It's Just going to throw that, this up here real quick. I got, got my it. box of Cheez-Its because Fachi's cheesy. Boom. That is me. Goes perfect. Those two together right there. Hey, this segment is cheese. brought to you by Cheez-Its, whichever one you like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, next on my list is someone that you mentioned earlier. That's Patrick Williams. Look, Chicago's got to blow it up. And while I don't think he's taken off as much as they hoped, because I felt like maybe two years ago they probably had him as like an untouchable, he's still only 21 years old. He can defend well. He's an efficient shooter. I, I think that he's gotten better, better. 47% from the field, about 42% from three. He's giving you a block and a steal per game. I feel like he fits the Pacers' young core very well. You got to remember, the Bulls do not own their first-round pick. That's going to go to the Magic. And I, I just feel like at this point, what else are they going to do? How do you upgrade this team unless you make a move? And mm-hmm. Patrick Williams, I think, would be a player if the Pacers could acquire. I do think that he could take off. Yeah, the one thing that's really tough about looking at trades for the Pacers is just like what do they give up to get these players and what do and what do they want? Like what do other teams want? So that's why it's like when I hear all these names that I'm like wanting to go after, it's like, man, I'm I'm kind of worried you're gonna have to throw a lot of picks probably at someone's way. And I just don't know. Like I like Patrick Williams, I had him at nine. How many picks am I willing to give up for him? That's a big yeah. question. How many players am I willing to give up? I don't think he's that big of a deal, but like It'll be interesting because I'm trying to think like what makes the Bulls better that we have that they don't, you know, does it make sense to give up something that we really don't want to give up for him? I don't know about that. So it's, tough. You. you know what I'm saying? But we're not talking about trades. We're just talking about trade mm-hmm. targets. So this is just people you're throwing out there. And one guy that I'm going to go ahead and say is probably pretty unrealistic, but I would love to, I, I would love to just see the Pacers make an aggressive offer for him. And that's Andrew Wiggins. This is someone I've, been pretty impressed with since he's been on Golden State. I'm curious what they're going to do with Jonathan Kaminga. Draymond Green's coming up. Clay Thompson, free agency's coming up. How do they go about rebuilding this team with Steph as the main guy? Do they continue to bring back guys that have played with Steph for all this time? And, and that's Dre and Clay. And, and how does that affect their salary cap and how much they're willing to spend? They just extended Jordan Poole, I believe. So they've got a lot of money they owe to a lot of guys. And I'm just curious because the Pacers will have some cap space. Could they move off of Andrew Wiggins? I don't think it would be a smart move for them because of how well he's played. But there was some weirdness that happened this season where he didn't play for a while. Nobody knows what happens. He just shows back up and he's ready to go for the King series. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So I personally think it stinks that Andrew Wiggins wasn't able to play the full season, but he just signed that extension to five. He's got a player option in 2027. So you'd have him under contract for a while. I think this is someone you have to consider looking at if you're if you're the Pacers and trying to target a, a small forward that's got championship experience. Wiggins has turned his career around. He got that championship education, you know, the last few years because it's it's almost comical. I remember you and I a couple of years ago being like, 
I mean, would you take on Wiggins if it meant that we got, you know, their first round pick? <laughs> and like, how many picks would you need? And it's just like, he's such yeah. a different player now. And he is playing winning basketball that it, it was a big difference. If Golden State could not get Wiggins back for the playoffs, I think everyone was ready to count them out. So uh, I do love me some Wiggins. I don't know what it would cost, but uh, Golden State's got some decisions to make. Now, yeah, next- for sure. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, Flatchy. When we come back, we will jump into our top five. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The next player on my list is one that you mentioned and I said I would come back to. That's DeAndre Hunter. Look, you got to love some DeAndre Hunter because he's a two-way player. He, he's fresh off that four-year, $90 million extension. It's about to kick in. So you know if you're going to trade for him, it's not going to be like, oh, this is a risk. No, this is a player who's just 25 years old. The Hawks for the last few years have been rumored about you know needing a shakeup. I think mm-hmm. that Hunter has battled injuries, so I don't think he's played his best basketball, but he's got the ideal wing length that you're looking for. He'll take on the toughest matchup defensively on any given night, and he'll give you 15-plus points per game. So I think that the the money that he's making, that four years, $90 million, two years from now, once the salary cap expands, or I believe it's two years from now, that contract is going to look very favorable. And if the Pacers can go for him, I would definitely be on board for it. Yeah, I mean, I've already expressed my interest in him, so I don't think I need to say too much. I'll just move on to my number five, and this is someone I think could be potentially available. We'll see what happens up north, but Toronto, they could be a team ready to to make some significant changes to their roster. We've already heard that Nick Nurse might be on the outs. We have yet to hear that officially be reported, but there's been rumblings that he might have interest in going to Houston and coaching that team, so we'll see what happens, but this guy is an unrestricted free agent after next season in 2024, making $37.8 million next year. All-star Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, I think, is a terrific player, Fachi. I think mm-hmm. that he would make a lot of sense for this Pacers team. You want to add some defense to it. You want to add some playmaking to it. You want to add just an all-around guy that can get to the basket. I think this is a guy that's a really good basketball player and probably doesn't get the flowers that he deserves because of You know, Toronto's coverage, I would say it's a little bit under the radar comparatively to the other major markets in the NBA, but we've seen him be a part of a championship team with Kawhi Leonard and and that group that won it with Toronto back in 2019. So I I personally think Pascal Siakam is someone that the Pacers should look to target. The problem here is what do they want and does he re-sign with the team after? That's the only question mark you have, and that's why I think it's a little bit risky, and that's why I don't have him higher than five. But I think right there, middle of the pack, this is someone you have to look at because I think he could drastically change his team's uh, overall record. Look, that's someone that I would have loved to have had on my list. I just didn't know if the Pacers would be able to acquire him without mm-hmm. actually giving up the farm. Because yeah. very, very talented player. I just started to think after what we give up, what are we left with? And then could you then re-sign him? It was like, that's like a move that... that it would be unprecedented for the Pacers to really go all in. It felt like, so if we could get him, I mean, this is an extremely talented player, but yeah, great, great point. And when you mentioned what would we have to give up, what are we left? Will he resign? So it, it's scary. Marks. Yeah. A lot of question marks. Uh, my next player is also on the Toronto Raptors. It's OG Ananobi. Now at four. Wow. I'm surprised I, you don't have him higher. This I, is crazy. I, I initially had him higher. 
but I'm factoring in the risks that this guy only has about one year left on his deal. Yeah. And then we heard, and there's been rumors between either that he's interested in the Pacers, the Pacers are interested, or they're both interested in each other. And and I believe this probably was one of the guys that, you know, Pritchard really went for at the trade deadline, but clearly they turned us down. Now for OG, just about one year left on his deal because I believe he does turn down his player option. Toronto needs to make some changes. Jakob Hurdle, free agent. Fred Van Vliet, uh, they need to re-sign. Gary Trent Jr., I don't know what you're going to do there. But I do believe OG wants to come to the Pacers, and I think that the Pacers want him here. Mm-hmm. However, you know, here's the thing. I mean, this is a player who's probably going to be on the all-defensive first team, if not second. Uh, I think that, you know, here's a couple. I was looking at some stats. He held Kevin Durant to 19 points on one game. Uh, Kawhi Leonard to 10 points. James Harden, 19. Uh, Bradley Beal, six points. These are all on sub-40% shooting. I mean, this guy makes his money on the defensive side while also also giving you good offensive output. But I do fear that I don't want the Pacers to go all in on a guy that they could potentially sign in free agency just about one year later when you know we're not going to win a championship next year. So that's why I'm torn. That's why I got him at number four. The reason you go after him this year is he does have the player option. And if he does like being a part of this team and like playing with Tyrese Halliburton, maybe he opts in. Maybe he opts out, but at least you have his bird rights at this point, so you can offer him more than any other team can offer him, and that's why you consider it. Now, look, I understand that OG and Anobi, I put out a very hot take tweet. That was pretty hot. I wouldn't trade Andrew Nimhard for him Mm -hmm. because of those circumstances. I think that you have to really put that into consideration, though, because with the steps TJ McConnell took as a player this year, I still wonder, do the Pacers think maybe Nimhard's our best chip to get a player like this? So. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying you want to get rid of Andrew Nimhart. I still believe in Andrew Nimhart as a really awesome player. So um, I would love to cross that bridge a little bit later and think about it. But like, that's my initial thought was like, I don't think I want to do that. But um, I have OG a little bit higher and I'll talk about him more. But for me, number four is another player that is on a very friendly deal. And he didn't have a great place in Brooklyn once he was traded from Dallas. And that's Dorian Finney-Smith. Player option in 2026, he's already played with Rick Carlisle. I think that we saw how impactful he can be when you have a heliocentric type guard with the ball in their hands and Luka Doncic. I think that if he gets someone like Tyrese Halliburton with him, he's going to have a better chance. I mean, no offense to the point guards right now currently in Brooklyn, but they are not on the same level as Luka or even Tyrese Halliburton. So when you're talking about a guy that can defend, I think he's making like $13 million over the next couple of years, like 13, whatever per year. So it's not going to be hard to salary match. And what in the world are the Brooklyn Nets doing with this roster? Are they just finishing out the season, then going to blow it up? They have a ton of trade assets on this roster and they could really do a nice rebuild if they wanted to go this route. And I think the Pacers would be smart enough and, and really strategically, if they could get Dorian Finney-Smith at $13 million, they could literally just trade one of their key players or key rookie at rookie contract um, assets that they have, as well as a a pick in the future or a pick they have this season for him. Because I don't think Finney Smith, I understand that he was included with this big pick, right. uh, From, from Dallas to go to Brooklyn. Right. But I Mm -hmm. think, I think at the end of the day, um, he's a guy that could be available. Fudge. He very well could be available. I went back and forth on him. I I could definitely see, you know, where you're going with that. I think that Jordan Finney-Smith would help any team. And he's actually a big reason why Dallas really crumbled because defensively what he was bringing to the table, they had no one else to fill that Mm -hmm. uh, after trading Finney-Smith. So that is what the Pacers need. So maybe that's someone that should have cracked my list, but I could definitely see why you like him. I I think he should have probably, especially with some of the names I've heard. I I think that it's not, to me, super unrealistic because – it's not like you're asking for like the best player on a team or the second best player. He's yeah. probably their third or fourth best player right now. And you that's pretty much stretching it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really don't know where he fits right now with Brooklyn's team and their future, but he is a little bit older. I think he's close to 30 if he's not 30 already. Yeah. And, yeah, 29 or 30. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I just feel like with his experience last year in the playoffs, playing in, in some big games, we saw him play well in those games. And that's what excites me is just knowing a guy can – show up when the when it matters the most. And we just need more playoff experience on this roster if we want to make sure that we are going to be a playoff team next year. No, we definitely do. And to the one point that you made about what Brooklyn going to do, are they going to blow it up or not? The reason why they can't 
is because the Rockets own their picks. Right. And that's so, why they have to like that's why I think they could make some big trades to go out could. and get more picks from other teams. And they've like already started that. Like when they, they made the move for, you know, trading Kevin Durant, they got some more picks and they, they've done some other things like that, but they are stuck in a very strange spot. Um now Especially, especially with Ben Simmons, just going to say. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, oof, that is a whole other situation. I'm very happy the Pacers dodged that one. Uh, next on my list, Jonathan Kuminga. Now, yeah, I figured he'd make your list. I, 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 I've always been intrigued. Golden State gave up on Jonathan Wiseman, who they picked second overall. James Wiseman. It, James Wiseman. Big, what did I say? Jonathan Wiseman. Oh, well, James Wiseman for sure. But he might as well be Jonathan Wiseman the way that, you know, he hasn't lived up the potential. But look, the reason is because their tax bill is insane. It's insane. And it really is. Now, you also got to factor in Andrew Wiggins' contract extension about to kick in. Okay. Well, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are both entering the final year of their deals. You imagine probably Clay gets re-signed, don't know about Draymond, but even then it's going to get so expensive for them. So it feels like someone's got to go. And I feel like Kaminga is that player that they could still get very good value to continue to keep their championship window alive. But that window is getting a little, it's almost like a little bit of a breeze is coming through there instead of the full action. You know, they got to, if they want to make noise and bring in someone that can keep that window alive for years, Kaminga might be the one that is expendable for assets. He's just 20 years old, mm. and I do think he would be a top-five pick in this draft class. He was the seventh overall pick just a few years ago, but I feel like this is someone that would flourish with Tyrese Halliburton. And when I think of players whose best basketball is ahead of him, he's one of the top names that comes to mind. Okay, I I, I knew you were going to have him on your list, mm. so I didn't even add him on my list okay. because of that. I definitely throw him in there as an honorable mention. I just wonder, like, what do the Warriors do with Draymond? If Draymond's on the outs, there's no way they can get rid of Kaminga. I think yep. he's not going to play the same role, obviously. But no. you know, it's just it's tough. I, we'll see what happens with Golden State. I think they're a very interesting team to monitor. And if you listened at all to, I want to say it was Bill Simmons had on Brian Windhorst on his podcast. I think Windhorst kept bringing up the fact that Steve Kerr is you know, coaching the 2024 Olympic team and that he's only got like two years left on his contract. So like maybe after that, he could be done. So could be. I don't know why Windhorse would just kind of keep throwing that out there if he didn't have some kind of hunch that maybe Kerr is thinking about retiring from coaching. But I think that could change a lot that's going on in Golden State right now. So we'll see what that ha- what happens there. Now I'm going with my biggest, probably unrealistic name on the list right here Ooh. now, Fachi, at number three. We're going to New Orleans. We're visiting a team down there that really has just underwhelmed after being the number one seed at one point this year in the Western Conference to falling to the playing tournament. And you might be thinking I'm going after a guy that, uh, you know, maybe set out, but I'm not. I'm going after his running mate, and that's Brandon Ingram. I, I think Brandon Ingram should be a very high target for the Indiana Pacers. He's got uh it's actually i think he's making like 25 million right now as a rookie extension it's not even that much and when you look at brandon ingram as an overall player the guy's a stud and you know i think that the pelicans are probably kicking themselves for not including him in a trade for kevin durant because i think that they have a nice surrounding group around him but the problem is i think brandon ingram's gonna get frustrated and i think brandon ingram similar to anthony davis is gonna want himself out of there they don't have, to me, a point guard at the same level of Tyrese Halliburton, CJ McCollum. Uh, I think that might have been a little bit too much of a overpay for him. I, I like CJ, but I think he's got too many holes in his game. Don't feel like Valanciunas was involved as much. And like, what what's going on with Zion? Is he ever going to get healthy? I mean, I, I want to root for Zion. I want him to do well, Foch. I don't want anything but great for him. But at this point, I mean, if you're a player that's playing with him and like you kind of called him out in a press conference saying that, you know, uh, Guys got to hold themselves accountable, whatever. I mean, I'm just saying to me, Brandon Ingram fits this team perfectly. I think next to Miles, Benedict, and Tyrese, and uh, and even Andrew, you could see a closing five there that could be pretty talented. I I, I do love his shot making, his defensive potential. So I'm pretty enticed by it. Now, he is an unrestricted free agent in 2025, so he's only got two years left on his deal, and this might be the right time for New Orleans to look to move him especially if he's unhappy and requests a trade. Yeah, I mean, I know I've said it before, but that's another name I 
I went back and forth and back and forth on. And I felt like I love his what he did. He's always been a really good scorer. Always. Yeah. Dating back to Duke. You know, number two overall pick. He's always been able to score, but he's gotten better and better scoring, distributing. This year, career high assist wise. I like what he brings to the table. I just felt like, man, if you're gonna go all in, like where's the defense gonna come from? Yeah. I, and I and I just felt like that's something that the Pacers need to get better on. So that's why I struggled there because I felt that if you do give New Orleans whatever they ask to give up, you know, you could say Zion's their franchise guy, but Ingram's been the guy that actually is available yeah. for the last few years. So I knew it would cost a lot. But look, if the Pacers were ever to pull off that trade, I would be very excited. What, um, what did Kevin Pritchard say, though? He's itching to make a trade. Itching. Itching. Literally. If you're watching yeah. on YouTube, I mean, I don't know if he's got lice or whatever it may be. Chicken but pox. This, this chicken pox. Yeah, this guy is itching to make a deal. And I, I'm excited for that. So, you know, we go off to, to stay tuned. Um, next on my list. The name that we discussed earlier, it's Obi Toppin. I can't Number get him two. out of my head. I cannot get him off my mind. I think <laughs> in New York, he's always just going to be Julius Randle's backup. Yeah, Playing 16 to 20 minutes a night. And I know I'm biased, and I brought him up earlier because I love the man. I'm getting Jermaine O'Neal-type vibes of a player that was a backup four just on the bench for years. And when I think he goes to his next home... I think a guy like Obi Toppin could be potentially one of those most improved candidate players. I really do. And when you look at the Knicks, they've only re-signed one draft pick dating back to the early 90s. That's R.J. Barrett. So, I mean, look, it's R.J. Barrett, and then I think it was Chris Childs like like 25 years ago. So I think when you look at this, where New York's going trying to compete with the, the upper echelon of the league, I don't think Obi Toppin fits in their plans. And plus, he's got one more year left on his contract before I believe he's a restricted free agent. I, I just feel that now is the time for them to make a move. And I already talked about it. He dropped 32 on the Pacers on 11 of 18 shooting. He dropped 34 on 13 of 23 shooting. It felt like an <laughs> audition. And you know what? He passed with flying colors for the role as an Indiana Pacer. Yeah, no, I, I think Obi Toppin's a very intriguing player as well, Fachi. Obviously, I had him on my list. So not going to say anything there, but I'm going to go back to somebody we brought up earlier. 16.8 points per game, 5.0 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.9 steals, almost a block per game. Toronto Raptor, OG Ananobi from Indiana University. I just feel like with what Kevin Pritchard said, number one, about going out and making a, a couple offers or you know during the trade deadline, the rumors about OG whispering to Tyrese Halliburton and then hearing Kevin Pritchard on the radio talking about going after somebody. Jake Query said, who was it? He said, I can't tell you that. Kevin Bowen then said, is his name OG Ananobi, essentially. He kind of worded it a little differently, just being funny. And Pritchard said, well, he seems to fit the profile. That's for sure. So I think Pritchard basically was telling us that they went after OG. And I think that OG Ananobi would be a, a perfect fit here in Indiana. So, like I said, I would love to revisit this a little bit later in the in the offseason and, and kind of do more of a breakdown on OG Ananobi as a player overall and what I'd be willing to give up for him. But I just think he's exactly what they need. He is what you would consider a hybrid. He plays a three and the four. He can be a true power forward, I think, with the way the modern NBA is going. So give me OG Ananobi at number two, but Fachi. Let me hear your number one. Number one. I got a man that you made fun of me last time for, or even earlier in this episode, but I'm putting some respect on his name this time. It's Jaden McDaniels. Alex, I'm not done with it. I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't. But when you look at oh Minnesota's roster, Rudy Gobert is absolutely paid. Carl Anthony Towns, beyond paid. Anthony Edwards, very much paid. Where's the money come, coming from? How are they going to be able to re-sign Jaden McDaniels when the time comes? I don't know what his ballpark is, but I do feel that you're talking about one of the best defensive players in the league. That is exactly where the Pacers need help. I, he can defend multiple positions. I'm very intrigued with what he's also – I think he's a grown offensive player who's extremely efficient from the field. I love that. And I, I think that – I've said it before. His best basketball is yet to come. This man is just 22 years old. Fits this core perfectly. I do not know what it will take, but I know one team that's strapped for cash and draft picks, and I know another team that's got picks for days, 
And Jaden McDaniels, I think, is a player that can make a big difference on the Indiana Pacers. If you're running the Minnesota Timberwolves, let me ask you this. Who is the number one player that you're not trading on that team? I'd say Anthony Edwards. Okay, I would agree with you. Who's number two? I mean, clearly you're probably looking to say Jaden McDaniels. And uh, look, at this point... Uh, Would you rather have Carl Anthony Towns or Jaden McDaniels? It's tough. They haven't won anything with Towns. They haven't. Right. He's been a really good player, but they just have not. It has not translated to winning. No, I agree with you. I I personally just think that Jaden McDaniels is probably their second best asset on that team right now. He very well could be. I think when you combine age, contract value, like right around there, everything, defensive yeah. capabilities. Yeah, you could definitely make that argument. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just saying like it's it's going to be tough to get him because like what do we have that they don't besides Tyrese? And like, you know, I'm not giving up Tyrese for him. I, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm not, and they don't really need Matherin because they've already got Anthony Edwards. So is, is Andrew Nimhard going to be enough to get Jaden McDaniels? No. You'd have to. It would be numerous first round picks. That's, yeah. that's absolutely in there. I just, um, I just wonder how they're going about because obviously they went all in for for Rudy Gobert, kind of tipping their hand. In. Yeah, they they kind of tipped their hand and said we're all in for this. And I don't think Rudy Gobert is like even a tradable asset. I think he's a negative asset no matter what. He's most definitely a negative asset so, right now. Yep. Yeah, they've got a weird team, and I think they kind of just have to stick it out. That's why I didn't even touch him because yes, I clearly won him, but I don't see any cracks in the holes that would allow us to kind of go deep, jump in there and steal him out. But I uh, I do like him as a player. You know that's how I feel about him. So for your number one, that was a little bit shocking. I forgot that you mentioned him earlier at the, at the beginning of the podcast that oh, you yeah. oh, yes, uh, liked him. So that is funny that that's kind of how you wrap things up here. But for me, Fachi, I'm going for a guy that already got traded this season, during the season. I've already mentioned this team once. It's Dorian Finney-Smith's teammate, Mikhail Bridges. The Pacers were rumored to go after two players, made two big offers. I think my number one and my number two were both of the people the Pacers went after, OG Ananobi and Mikhail Bridges. Now, trust me, I understand that it's going to be hard to get him away from Brooklyn because Brooklyn, like you said, they traded a lot of their picks. They went all in for James Harden. That didn't work out. The Ben Simmons trade has not worked out for them as well. Kyrie, they got some decent assets back for him. They got some pretty good assets back for Kevin Durant. But I just feel like this is a team that's very hard to figure out. Mikael Bridge is under contract till 25-26, and he's going to make 21 this year and 2022-2023. But next year, 21.7. The year after, 23.3. The year after that, 24.9. This guy is on a steal of a contract. He is arguably a top 10 two-way player in today's NBA. I think we've seen incredible growth from him this season as more than just a 3 and D type of guy. And I think that he would fit perfectly with Rick Carlisle and Tyrese Halliburton. So I don't know exactly what it would cost. I don't even know if he is available, but I'm picking up the phone every day until Brooklyn decides, you know what, we're not even answering your phone anymore. I'm getting Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith first, if I can, and then I'm calling I'm Mikel Bridges. I think if you could land both those guys or just one of those guys, especially Mikel, that's the guy you have to go after. And that is someone I would easily be willing to give up Andrew Nimhard for. I would even consider, this is going to be a hot take, I would consider trading Ben Matherin for him. Here's the thing. You would have to. Because I went back and forth, and I, I'm in 100% agreement with you. I think he would be the perfect player mm-hmm. to add to this team. And maybe this is a hot take. I thought he was, upon getting traded to Brooklyn, I thought he was one of the best players in the league w- yeah. when he came over there. I mean, in the month of March, I'm looking at it now, he averaged 29 points per game on 50% shooting, 43% from three. You know, he was a totally different player. Yeah. And it really looked like he was held back in Phoenix because of, you know, the, the player Devin Booker. You got Chris Paul. You got John Dre Ayton. Two-way player, just like you mentioned. I, I truly think he is going to be not only an all-star next year, I think he's going to be becoming a star in this league. And I think that we heard, maybe you mentioned, maybe it was the Pacers, I don't know, that they were offered four first-round picks after trading for Bridges. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at this, I was just like, man, the fact that Brooklyn o- uh, owes their picks to Houston, I was like, I don't know a scenario. I think they build around Bridges yeah. because he is under contract. So if there was any scenario that he was available, yeah, I'm in. 
But yeah. you tell me this, who's harder to get, Bridges or Jaden McDaniels? Well, I definitely think Bridges is harder to get, but who definitely. changes but who changes your franchise oh, more? Uh, McDaniels absolutely. is McDaniels is fine, but he's, he's not good. even he's not even on the same level as Bridges. So when I'm talking I, I about, agree. I told you I was going big name hunting. I wasn't yeah, kidding. I mean, this is this is big name hunting. I right? didn't go realistic trade deadlines. So if I'm thinking, okay, the Pacers want to make a big swing. They want to get in the playoffs. Does adding Obi Toppin really get you to the playoffs? Potentially, but how much yeah. more? I mean, I'm saying you got to go out there and get some defensive studs. And I don't know if Obi Toppin's a defensive stud or not. No, no. I haven't watched enough New York to really say that. I think that he does a good job in the system. But I know that Mikael Bridges is a defensive stud. And Absolutely. I know that OG Ananobi is. I know Pascal Siakam can be. I know Dorian Finney-Smith can be. And that's why I went after the names that I put down because that's what I believe in. So, you know, that that to me is where you really have to value both sides of the basketball because I think Jaden McDaniels, while he's a great defender, he's got a lot of work to grow offensively. And he could. Yeah. He could take another step. We're not saying I he think he does. I yeah. like him a lot. I really do. I, I told you I've been a big fan of McDaniels. Brothers for a long time, and if you saw my uh, mock draft that I did with Mavs draft, um, I, I took the third McDaniel's brother and Taylor Hendricks. You know, so if the Pacers get Taylor Hendricks and Mikael Bridges to go with Halliburton and Turner, I think you feel really good about the future of your team. But I mean, I, I don't like even throwing in the idea of trading Ben Matherin. But at this point, I think if you're really trying to take that next step, and you think that you can get a player like Bridges, who I don't know. It's it's tough to say right now, but I think you'd have to say that his ceiling is probably higher than Matherin's at this point. I, I would. Especially with the defensive upside, the long arms that he has, the shooting ability. I mean, we've seen it enough. So I'm, I'm not saying I want to trade Matherin. I know you got to get out of here, Foch, so I'm, I'm trying to hustle. But, no, don't this, worry. but this to me is just like one of those players that if I have any chance to get him, I probably consider all my options. Yeah, and I, I just, I hate what Rudy Go that Rudy Gobert trade did to the NBA? Yeah. Because now you look at a player like Bridges, and you gotta be thinking, okay, this is gonna be you know potentially five first round picks or involving pick swaps. Because this is also a guy that they just traded Kevin Durant for, you know, and got picks with him. So it's just like, man. I mean, there was Cam Cam Johnson throwing there also, but it's just like it really feels like with the Nets not owning their own first round picks for the next few years. They trade bridges. They're bottoming out, and they're risking giving up top picks. So that combination just makes it seem like, like hey, you know what? They're going to build around him. But I, I agree with your point. If there's any scenario to go all in, that's the type of guy you go all in on who's signed under contract for a couple of seasons, a fantastic two-way player who, A, obviously was already a really good defender. Uh, I think last year might have been the runner-up for defensive player of the year or definitely top three. And now this guy's dropping 40 on some nights. It's yeah. just, there's so much to like, but man, it just felt like such a dream when I was going through, how could we do it? But yeah, and that's, what, and that's why I didn't say it was realistic. Yeah. I, I just said, these are my targets and that's mm -hmm. what I'm targeting. You know, you're throwing, putting, you know, you put your darts out or you put your dartboard yeah. up and you throw your darts at it. This is a guy that I'm going for. And, you know, even if he has the bullseye, the hardest part of the board to hit, I'm trying, I'm trying to see how close I can get. And like you said, he's, uh, he becomes unrestricted in the summer of 2026. So you'd have him for three seasons for sure before he's a free agent. And I think that who knows what could happen in the East in three years or what other players you could add. But his contract is so team-friendly right now. Pair that with Miles' contract that's team-friendly. That Halliburton extension kicks in. I mean, it, it just it seems like a really nice fit. But one more time, go ahead and read your list from 10 to 1 real quick so everybody knows one more time who you had. All right, so Alex, you know, this time I numbered it. I ran into that Thank in the God. past, and I won't do it again. But here's what I got. Number 10, Kelly Olenek. Number 9, Kyle Anderson. Number 8, Alex Caruso. Number 7, Bobby Portis. Number 6, Patrick Williams. Number 5, DeAndre Hunter. Number 4, OG Ananobi. Uh, number uh, three. 3, Jonathan Kuminga. Number 2, Obi Toppin. Number 1, Jaden McDaniels. Okay, for me, number 10, I had two, 10A, 10B, Tobias Harris, Gordon Hayward. Number nine, Patrick Williams. Number eight, DeAndre Hunter. Number seven, Obi Toppin. Number six, Andrew Wiggins. Number five, Pascal Siakam. Number four, Dorian Finney-Smith. Number three, Brandon Ingram. Number two, OG Ananobi. And number one, Mikael Bridges. Any honorable mentions that we did not bring up? 
Uh, well, the honorable mentions that, that I mentioned before was I, I had Tobias Harris in there. He was definitely my number one honorable mention. And then other ones, I mean, I, I definitely kicked the tires on Brandon Ingram pretty hard. Okay, what about John Collins? Are you still into him or no? So I, Collins off my list. I had him on there. Well, I, look, at, at one point trade. this list was, was this long. But, you know, I, I took him off because yeah. I looked at it. He still owed about $78 million moving forward. I don't know. He'll he'll get better because this was definitely a bad year for him compared to his usual John Collins standards. And then I looked at it and I was like, you know what? If it, it's going to take potentially multiple picks or anything like that, I just don't think that's the guy that you really want to push the chips in on and think that you're a much better team. Yeah, I think his shooting has just dipped so much too that I don't yeah. trust it. And that's my biggest concern with him. But another name I put on my honorable mention, Fachi, because he's kind of been unhappy it seems like at least with his future in this destination and he probably would have been in my top three if this was the case Jalen Brown um Jalen Brown oh, basically yeah. said if he doesn't make all if he makes all NBA that he's going to resign with Boston but if not he's an unrestricted free agent next year or has a player option so it's like this is a guy that uh, you know you'd have to be really interested in but the reason I took him off is because I don't see Boston trading him to Indiana because they want to win now. And there's nothing we can really offer them that helps them win now. So there is that's, not. that's why I was looking at teams that might be going more rebuild mode or guys that could yeah, force their way exactly. out of a bad situation. So that's the reason I did not put him on this list. I would say the only one I probably put on here that isn't in like a rebuilding mode is, is potentially Andrew Wiggins. So yeah. So that's kind of where I'm with that. But with that being said, Foch, I got nothing else. I think this was a fun exercise. If there's any players I guess we didn't mention, please comment below in the YouTube section or message us on social media. Say, hey, I thought about this guy. What do you think about him? I wanted him. We'll do a mailbag podcast coming up to wrap the month up with soon. But um, anything else, Foch? No, just say to your Jalen Brown point, someone that I was like, oh, man, this would be amazing. But, like, I just don't think we have the trade package for it because Boston, nah. to your point, they don't want picks right no. now. What they want is an NBA championship. So they don't want rookies either. I mean, if you, you could literally offer them Ben Mather and, and all these picks, and it might be the sexiest deal out there, but are they going to want to sit back and, and take a four to five year, you know, step back, I guess you could say from contention? No, they want to win with Jason this, Tatum. This is their time right now. So yeah. completely agree with you. This was fun. And everybody who's listening, hey, Chime in if you were like, I absolutely have no interest in this guy or, wow, we got to move him up higher unless we want to hear from you guys. So please, please chime in with your thoughts because this is going to be a fun offseason. And with the cap flexibility and the draft picks that we have, you really can't say that we can't get a deal done for a large chunk of these players. Yeah, and I'm not and I want to make sure that I'm clear. I'm not trying to trade Ben Mather and people. I'm not actively giving like the 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 go for like let's get rid of Matherin if we can no I would say he's your number two asset on this team and if you want to go big name hunting you got to give up something and so we saw what happened when the Pacers gave up his bonus they got Halliburton you know you got to make those kind of risk you have to give up potentially what was known at that point your best player for probably not Sacramento's best player at the time but it made more sense to do that deal because of what Halliburton means to the team so I just think you kind of have to swallow hard sometimes and just make a tough decision. And that's what Kevin Pitchard is paid millions of dollars to do. And it's not easy to sell a fan base on trading a rookie, but you never know what kind of player you're getting back in return. So you just got to keep all your options open. If you really want to make Tyrese happy and, and really give Rick a potential roster to, to compete in the playoffs. Absolutely. Tell the people where they can find us at Potch. Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, the Pacers podcast, where you can watch this video and more. We just uploaded an episode with Fachi and Richard Stamen from Locked on uh, Big Board or I guess NBA Big Board, whatever it is. I, f I forget the title of that podcast, but Mavs Draft on Twitter. Uh, I was just part of his mock draft community, mock draft representing the Indiana Pacers. It was a lot of fun. So make sure you all go check that out, subscribe, and be on the lookout for more content coming to our Substack. I was not able to get that article written yet, but I'm working on my top 10 Pacers Big Board for this upcoming draft. So keep an eye on that. But Fachi, if you're excited that the Pacers, have a better chance of landing 
in the draft lottery now since they won the coin flip against the Washington Wizards. Then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.